This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Sabah al khair and welcome back to the second hour of Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Now, this hour we're going to be taking you inside Sharjah's Big Heart Foundation with the director herself, Her Excellency Maryam Muhammad Al Hamadi, developed as a foundation to support people in distress. TBHF has provided health, education and emergency aid services, amongst others, to over 647,000 beneficiaries in more than 10 countries. Just last year alone, they were part of 20 projects. We're going to be exploring the vital humanitarian projects that they are leading, not only here in the UAE, but all over the world, including the 2.2 million dirham garment factory that they have just opened in Egypt, plus alleviating the Rohingya refugee crisis in Bangladesh. So much to talk about with Mariam. That's all coming up next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. The Big Heart Foundation was established in May 2015 by Her Highness Sheikh Jawahir bin Muhammad Al Qasimi, wife of His Highness Dr. Sheikh Sultan bin Muhammad Al Qasimi, and since then, it has been involved in an astonishing number of humanitarian programs, not just here in the UAE but all over the world. And to tell us more, I am so pleased to welcome to the studio Her Excellency Maryam Muhammad Al Hamadi, Director of the Big Heart Foundation. Ahlan wa sahlan. Ahlan wa sahlan. So great to have you with us. Thank finally, you so much. Um, we always hear about the Big Heart Foundation. You do so much amazing work. Um, but we thought it was absolutely time to get you uh, with us here in the studio to tell us more about these projects because the work is really phenomenal and you work a lot underground, uh, you know, without kind of, you know, talking so much about it. But this is what you do is amazing. So for those who don't know much about the Big Heart Foundation, tell us more about it and, and how it came to be. Sure. First of all, thank you for having me here today with you. And it's such a pleasure to give me an opportunity to talk a little bit about the foundation and uh, the work we do. Um, As you have rightly mentioned, uh, the Big Heart Foundation is a Sharjah-based charity foundation that was established by Her Highness Sheikha Jawahir Al-Qasimi, wife of the ruler of Sharjah and chairperson of um, Supreme Council for Family Affairs. Um, It was established officially in 2015, Uh, but I will tell you a little bit about the history of the foundation so you will understand Mm. better the way we operate. In 2008, Her Highness decided to to come up with uh, a fundraising campaign to support the Palestinian children due to the war inside Palestine. So at that time, uh, we came up with a campaign that is called Salam Ya Sigar, which means in English, peace for the children. The aim of the campaign is to fundraise for uh, the Palestinian children and their families. And the donations that we get, we start implementing projects for them. 
And uh, we saw how people were excited when it comes to donating to an initiative that is under Her Highness. And that's when we decided to uh, keep the campaign uh, ongoing as long as there are people who are willing to donate to us. Mm -hmm. Then in 2013, and due to the Syrian crisis, Her Highness was appointed as the first eminent um, advocate uh, uh, for refugee children by UNHCR. And then uh, another campaign was launched to support the refugees and more specifically the Syrian refugees. So we came up with a fundraising campaign that is similar to the campaign that we launched in 2008 for the Palestinian children. Again, it's the same concept, a fundraising campaign, and then the donations we get, we use to implement different projects for the people in the host communities because the refugees are not only based in their countries, they even move to the host communities looking for security and protection. Of course, yeah. Then we found that it's very important to have a foundation that uh, works on a specific system Uh, and looks over all the uh, funds or the campaigns that we do under Her Highness. And that's when Her Highness decided to establish the Big Heart Foundation, which uh, which is considered now as an umbrella for all her charity work that she does for the children and their families outside UAE. Now, I mentioned the Syrian refugees and the refugees and the Palestinian, but since we are working closely with Her Highness and we know the way she thinks and how how really uh, she thinks of people, we know that her work won't stop uh, on these two uh, funds only. Her Highness, after launching the, the Palestinian uh, fund and the IDP and refugee fund, she started lo- announcing about the other funds later. Mm. So we have the Girl Child Fund, which actually looks after... Uh, the challenges and the issues uh, that the girls are facing in all over the world. Uh, The issues I'm talking about it is the early child marriage, child trafficking, and even access to healthcare and education. And then uh, we also have another fund, which is MENA Fund. And the MENA Fund looks after the development needs in the countries within MENA region. Mm -hmm. And we have worked uh, very closely Uh, in Egypt and more specifically in Upper Egypt by doing several development projects for the people there. We have also um, Amira Fund, which is the second global fund uh, under Her Highness that focuses on providing uh, basic health care services for the cancer patients. And apart from this, we also have the Zakat Fund uh, and Emergency Fund that looks after implementing projects depending on the, I mean, responding to the situations that are happening uh, in different parts of the world. This is amazing. This is, you've only touched the tip of the iceberg, Your Excellency. Uh, There is so much uh, that the Big Heart Foundation is already responsible for. I just want to take you back just for a moment for uh, the Girl Child Fund. This is something that is ongoing. Um, It's so vitally important. Tell me a a little bit more about that, the countries where uh, this is active, uh, how it's helping young girls, some of the stories behind this. Um, The fund itself is a recent project, Mm -hmm. uh, the, the recent fund that was established under the foundation. One of the biggest projects that we have done is uh, funding Malala Fund, Malala Foundation. As uh, in Malala Yousafzai. Exactly. To build a school in Pakistan in the same neighborhood where she was actually based at. 
we all know the story of Malala and how she was suffering. Uh, and also after going through all of this, how she advocates for the rights of education for the girls. Yeah, I mean, for those who might not be familiar with the story, she was shot in the face uh, for uh, refusing to stay home. She wanted to go to school and she advocated. She, you know, she's always been somebody who's an advocate for children and particularly girls in education as well. Yeah. Um, she has an incredible story and yes. I love that this is what you're doing. You're supporting her. Yes, we and are. Supporting and supporting the community. Exactly. She is one of our main partners when it comes to the Girl Child Fund. And also she spoke in one of our conferences that we had in Sharjah investing in the future in the year of 2016. Um, I mean, you can't get a better uh, example you exactly. know, f- for your work exactly. than Malala. It's in- incredible. Yes. It's extraordinary. Um, and so uh, let's talk a bit more about the MENA fund and, you know, the, the, the countries that are benefiting there. MENA Fund, um, as I said, it focuses on the development needs Mm. in the countries within MENA region. Um, We have worked um, in in Egypt and more specifically in Upper Egypt uh, through different partners, UNDP and ENET. What we do there, the the challenges and the needs are are really huge there. And the poverty level is really high. So we try to focus on their uh, health services. We try uh, to provide them health services, education services, services, entrepreneurship as well. And recently, as you may have heard, we have announced about the establishment of the factory. Um, so again, this factory, uh, this factory sorry, will create uh, job opportunities for people who are in Upper Egypt. Uh, which will help them to create a source of income for them to p- to improve their life situation. Because this is exactly uh, what the Big Heart Foundation is about now. It's not just about providing humanitarian aid, but making sure that it is sustainable. Yeah. And so this is something that I want to come back to with you in just a moment, Your Excellency. How do you make all of this sustainable? More to come on Life Feeds after this. <music> This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Yes, we are back with Her Excellency Maryam Mohammed Al Hamadi, Director of the Big Heart Foundation. We just left off to talking about one of your newest projects, uh, Your Excellency, and that is the garment factory that has just been uh, established uh, in. Egypt, in fact, um, and this is all part of uh, the plan to make all of this sustainable. Rather than it's very easy for people to fly in and fly out and and say yeah. we helped, we did something. But actually, what you're doing is growing communities and developing communities through your work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the story behind the factory itself is interesting. Uh, before. Uh, Deciding to build up the factory, I remember me and a few of my colleagues went to visit few of our projects in Upper Egypt. And um, I mean, the partner that who's dealing now with us or who's establishing now the factory with us is UNDP and Enet. And we worked with them in several projects earlier before uh, the factory. So we went there to check on the projects and we met the, lady, the ladies in Upper Egypt that we are supporting. Uh, we we have been given them specific sewing activities mm-hmm. and we saw the outcome of the workshop and how excited they were. Uh, they gave us a few comments like um, after completing the project, what will be next? 
So yes, we now know the basic needs. We, know, we now know the techniques, how to do specific stuff. Can we have job opportunities so that we can implement whatever we have learned in actual work? And that's when we thought there is a need of doing a factory and checking the situation in Upper Egypt. Yes, they they need a factory mm. that creates a job opportunity for them and also provide the people, the community there with their needs because they know their needs well. So they started producing kids wear so that they can sell it for the community there. And this is how they can make sure that the factory runs smoothly and they can cover the running cost and secure a proper job for them. So yes, the factory is one of the biggest projects that we have announced about it recently, which will help the community as well as the people who are benefiting directly from the project. Because ultimately, that's what people really need. Yeah. They need jobs, they need livelihoods, and this is exactly what this factory is doing, which is phenomenal. This is a new project which we'll be following the progress of, which is exciting, very exciting. Uh, but something else that uh, you have in Egypt as well is the cancer hospital, which is very important. Uh, we have announced about this project in Ramadan, I remember. Mm. And this is one of the biggest amounts that we allocate on a specific project. Um, NCI is one of the biggest cancer units in Egypt that in Egypt that provide free treatment for all Egyptian people uh, in Egypt. Uh, the, the, the total cost of the project is 30 million dirhams. And it's about renovating and refurbishing uh, the full center, which which consists of 13 floors. Uh, by end of the project, we should have more capacity so that we can accommodate more patients, which means the waiting list for each patient will reduce and hopefully we can serve more group of people to, to, to improve their health situation. It's phenomenal. It's uh, absolutely brilliant work. But also, um, it, you know, th these are uh, the vital projects. Something else uh, that you have been working on as well, and very much towards the end of last year, uh, we had a big delegation from here, from Sharjah Broadcasting Authority as well. And that was, of course, uh, going to Bangladesh yeah. for uh, the uh, to visit the Rohingya refugees, which really this is you know the biggest refugee crisis that we have seen uh it's it's astonishing i want you uh your excellency kind of to take us there with you to tell us what you got to see and what were the needs of the people there sure before doing this trip that was i guess in 2017 in 2016 we organized our first trip to uh, cox's bazaar to bangladesh another with another group of people and that trip was to assist the situation and to understand uh, better their needs and the way they live in the camp. Uh, after we came back, we started focusing a lot on the issues or the challenges that they face because really um, it's a disaster. The amount of uh, and the number of people, Rohingya people that are living in, in, in the camp is, is really huge. It exceeded 300,000 people. There's a total of 2 million Rohingya yes. refugees. They are distributed in different yeah, camps. Yeah. The Cox Bazar one mm. is one of the biggest camps that right. gets uh, the Rohingya there. Uh, so after our first trip, we started implementing several projects for the Rohingya people. So we uh, funded one of UNHCR projects to focus or to provide them with a better shelter 
in inside the camp and also um um, as you have rightly mentioned, the hospital that we went there, uh, SMC or Sharjah Broadcasting Authority has uh, donated 3 million dirhams to us. And we used that donation to build a hospital, a full proper hospital with the full facilities for the Rohingya people who are living there. And also apart from this, we have done several other pro- projects for the Rohingya people. In 2000, uh, end of 2017, we have organized the trip with a delegation of uh, from Sharjah Broadcasting Authority to open the hospital officially mm. and to see the outcome of the donations and how the hospital changed lives of the people who are living there. I remember we, we even asked a few of the patients, did you benefit from the hospital? They were saying their health situation really improved because they started following up regularly. They started getting proper medications. What were some of the challenges that they were facing in terms of health care? No proper facilities that yeah. provides services for them. And mm. even if there are facilities, uh, really, it's a basic facility that even doesn't uh, um, you know, sometimes there are specific um, issues, health issues, I mean, uh, uh, that you need specialized doctor for it. Uh, there is even a maternity section there. So um, they provide so many things. I mean, emergency section, maternity section. I remember I've met one of the patients who has a diabetes and he said he started following up uh, or checking uh, his situation regularly with the medical team there, which improved his health situation Mm. there because it can be life-threatening yeah we talk about diabetes it seems so normal to us here that we just go to the doctor we get our medication but we have to understand that these people have nothing yes they have less than nothing in fact they don't have a home uh you know it is incredibly difficult for so for someone like that who has a condition like diabetes or somebody who's having a baby. Yeah. The challenges are astronomical. So this is vital. Yes. Yeah. Incredible. Amazing. I want to come back with you in just a moment, Your Excellency, and talk about the way uh, that you do raise funds because this is quite unique um, in the way that a charity organization raises funds. And everybody needs to be listening to this because um, every dirham that you donate goes to the cause that you are donating to. We're going to talk to Her Excellency more about that next here on Life Beats on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse95. We're really getting an amazing insight into the work of the Big Heart Foundation that is responsible for so many incredible projects all over the world uh, that we've been uh, talking to Her Excellency uh, Maryam Mohammed Al-Hamadi, the director of the Big Heart Foundation, about all of that. But of course, uh, Your Excellency, there is the whole idea of, yes, you're raising funds, you are funding these uh, projects, uh, but a lot of times what happens is funds get absorbed by admin costs. And I think uh, everybody wants to know what is it like for Big Heart Foundation? How do you do it? Internally, when it comes to our admin cost, uh, Her Highness has instruct, in, given us instructions not to deduct any percentages from the donations that we get 
to cover our admin cost, which means 100% of the donations that we get goes directly to the projects that we are implementing. Uh, people might ask, how do you cover your admin cost if you're not taking it from the donations? Her Highness and His Highness, they are covering our admin cost. Um, and uh, as I've mentioned, uh, the donations goes directly to the projects. But when we when we end up dealing with UN organizations or local organizations, we need to deduct a small percentages for their admin cost because logically, if you think about it, they are the people who are working on ground to provide services or, for example, sometimes in construction. So they need to we need to pay them salary in order to implement the projects for us. But what we make sure internally that only a small percent of the donations goes to them, uh, which shouldn't exceed 7% of the total donations. People might ask, how do, you, how do you make sure that your partner is implementing the project mm. as per the plan? How, right. how do you make sure that nothing goes wrong since we don't have offices outside UAE? First of all, before selecting a partner, we do have a very strict guidelines when it comes to selecting our partner. Um, people submit their proposal, but then we do our work, we do our research and analysis to see whether they are the right people to deal with. We look at their history, their background, what was the previous project, project that they have implemented previously. Who did they work previously? Does it worth that I pay, let's say, two million uh, on building a school whereas I can find another good partner who can do or build up a school for me with a cost of one million. Mm. So we need to look at these different uh, I mean, uh, areas in order to decide whether to work with that specific partner or, the, or not. Even after signing the contract with them, we do follow up and monitor the projects with them on a regular basis. And our um, uh, money is actually divided or the donations that we are giving to the partner is divided into uh, installments. And the installments are linked to the uh, reports that they are sending us on a quarterly basis. So uh, based on the uh, achievements or the outcome of uh, that specific quarter, we send them the next installment. If they didn't achieve what they were supposed to do, we stop the installment. But I'm glad to say that we never faced such issues where we had to stop uh, a project in the middle, which gives us a hint that we were uh, doing the right way before even selecting the partner. We made sure that we are selecting the right partner. Exactly. You're doing uh, your research beforehand. You're yeah. doing your due diligence. You know exactly who you're dealing with. And these are you know, some of the biggest aid organizations in the world that you are working with as well. It's not just somebody, uh, you know, anybody on the ground. But I think it's important for people to realize um, how much work on the ground there is to be done and that you're working with partners, whether it's government, whether it's NGOs, whether it's private organizations, uh, you know, it's what you do is you're connecting many, many different players here to achieve uh, the objectives. It's worth mentioning also that um, even before selecting a partner or a project, mm. we make sure that uh, we contact uh, MOFAC in, in UAE to make sure that we are dealing with the right partner or also to make sure that we are doing the right project. Now, we all know there are a lot of charity organizations, whether in UAE or outside UAE, 
who are actually doing several projects for the people in need. What is important for us is that whenever we do any project, whether let's say for the Rohingya or even for the other group of people, are we filling the gap or not? Is there really a need for, let's say, building a school, um, a hospital when we just mentioned about the hospital in Bangladesh? Mm-hmm. Was there a need for a building a hospital in Bangladesh or it's just a duplicate of several similar similar projects in, in, in the camp? So we make sure that we fill up the gaps so that we cover all the areas and we provide the people in need with all their basic needs. And this is one of the things that we really pay attention to it before doing any project in any part of the world. Mm, Absolutely. Very, very important. And this is all, you know, part of the transparency as well. Transparency is is vital. When you're giving money, you want to know exactly who it's going to, who it's going towards as well. Yes, yes, you're right. Um, One of the things that we do, and I'm sure most of the people have seen this in the news, Her Highness, as a chairperson of the foundation, she goes and visits the projects that we do. So Her Highness uh, went to Zatari camp, which is one of the biggest camps that receives refugees, more specifically the Syrian refugees in Jordan. Exactly. Her Highness also met the community centers, the refugees uh, in the community centers in Lebanon. Her Highness went and checked a few our projects in Egypt. Uh, Her Highness and His Highness went to Malaysia to meet the Rohingya people there. So um, as, as they're right there, they are hands on. Exactly. They're part of it. They're not simply, um, you know, talking from the top and not seeing exactly what's happening on the ground. They are there. Yes. Uh, it's just extraordinary. It's amazing what they do. And we're just so incredibly proud. Um, but next, uh, Your Excellency, what uh, we want to talk about is the award. There is a humanitarian award that is handed out every year from the Big Heart Foundation. And as well as that, we want to talk about uh, your upcoming projects and how people can be part of this, how they can donate and uh, be part of this and fundraise with you. All of that and more is coming up on Life Beats. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Yes, we are back with Her Excellency Maryam Mohammed Al Hamadi, the director of the Big Heart Foundation here in Sharjah. But they are, of course, doing incredible work all over the world. Um, Uh, Your Excellency, uh, give us a bit of an idea of uh, what's to come. We talk a little bit off off air about uh, the, the projects that you have coming, but there is there is so much going on uh, with uh, the Big Heart Foundation. Um, we just started the year of 2019, mm. so uh, now we are just done with our strategy for 2019, and we will start announcing about the new projects that we do. But in general, the Big Heart foundation focuses on sustainable projects that are focusing on specific uh, sectors which is education healthcare livelihood protection entrepreneurship and these and similar areas so you will hear about the new projects that we will be announcing soon within the sectors that i have highlighted just now we're excited we're, we're excited for what's to come but what we really need is for people to be part of it Um, So how do they fundraise along with you? There are all kinds of different ways to do it. If if they are individuals, there is different ways of uh, fundraising for us. They can come up with their own campaign to fundraise for us. And 
we can provide them with the full support or uh, they can actually if they would like to donate even there is several ways of donations we do have our donation boxes that is distributed uh, in different areas in Sharjah and also there is the online donation page that gives them the opportunity to uh, donate to us on on a daily or automatic basis also we have the sms service that we have um, an agreement with Atusalat. Mm-hmm. the sms service actually is a new service that we have recently provided for Atusalat users if they would like to donate to us on a daily basis a one dirham or five dirhams that can be deducted on a daily basis from them what's the the number do you know what off the top of your head so for those who would like to donate one dirham on a daily basis to us they can send a word humanity to 1110 and the one dirham will be deducted from their account on a daily basis which means by the end of the year a donation of or a total of 365 65 dirhams we will be getting from them and for those who would like to donate to us five dirhams on a daily basis they can send the word uh, support to the same number 1110 and an amount of five dirhams will be deducted on a daily basis for a period of one year which means by the end of the year they will be end up donating to us 1825 dirhams so we're trying to make it easy for people for those who can't who are interested to support but they can't Mm. Um, and the same thing by the way is done through our online donation page there is an option if they if someone would like would like to donate to us on a regular basis so they they can tick that option and then the amount will be deducted automatically. What's the website page that people need to go to for that? www.tbhf.ae Absolutely. Make sure you get onto that. It's very easy to remember as well. Um, But, you know, you're saying 365 dirhams uh, a year. It's like going to lunch. You know, it's the amount that you might pay going to a fancy lunch or a brunch or whatever it is. But yet, you know, you are supporting some incredible projects all over the world. Every dirham counts for us. Every so, dirham counts. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. What about those who are maybe part of businesses and organizations that want to do something as well? So for those who are part of businesses or under a specific organization, they can come up with their own initiatives again to fundraise for us. I'll mention just an example, one successful example, Sharjah Police has uh, did a charity auction for us last year. They have allocated three plate numbers uh, for us. So the full proceeds of these plate numbers came to the foundation. And after the auction, they've raised 2.8 million dirhams Mm -hmm. from selling only these three plate numbers. That is uh, one part of uh, supporting us. But there is also several ways of supporting us, either by, let's say... um, not I'm, I'm not looking only for cash donations even if they can post our logo or the sms details that's really a big thing for us because through them we can spread the word to a group a wider group of people there's so many different ways to be yeah. part of it i know that uh, last week in fact uh, there was a, a dinner there Shabavik. was a yes, yes. Uh, there was a fundraising dinner at Shavavik yes. with uh, world-renowned uh, Lebanese chef Maroon Shadid. He was at the helm. Uh, were you there? Yes. 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 How was it? It was really nice, and it was a full house. Yeah. Um, 
so part of the proceeds, the ticket proceeds came to us. And then uh, during the dinner, the, the dinner, they have announced about the auction and 100 proceeds of the money that they had uh, raised from the auction came to us. I would like to thank them and thank Sheikh Abdur uh, bin Sultan Al-Qasimi for the regular support that we get from them. Absolutely. Like you said, all the support counts and each one of us can do something. Each one of us can put in something somewhere. But of course, you do have the award, the Humanitarian Award, and this gets awarded every single year. What are the uh, the requirements or the criteria for the award? Just before highlighting the award, if yes. you allow me, because I just remembered one story of one child who wanted to support us. Uh, so what the mother did actually in his birthday party, she sent the invitations to all her family, but she has given them an instructions in case if they would like to give something for her child, instead of buying them a gift, they can donate to TBHF. So she didn't accept uh, gifts for her child, However, she got donations from her family and her, her colleagues to send it to the Big Heart Foundation. So there is several ways that people can follow when it comes to supporting a charity foundation. I love that idea. That's just brilliant. Yes. I hope the child still got a, like a present though. Yes, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a wonderful idea, especially for kids also to be part of that it just it, because you have your beautiful young daughter Mahara we have to give a big shout out to Mahara um, every time you want to go for a specific project she says mama I want to come yeah it's just because she sees you yes she sees what you're doing yes and this is how we instill that spirit into you know the next generation into our yeah, young right. people so I love this <laughs> it's wonderful and I hope we get to see you know more kids who are passionate about this in the same way that you are so um, let's come back to the to the award so the Sharjah International Award for yeah. Refugee and Advocacy Support is an award that was launched by Her Highness Sheikh Jawahar and His Highness Sheikh uh, Dr. Sultan bin Mohammed Al Qasimi um, the ruler of Sharjah the aim of the award is to highlight the role of the local NGOs who are working on ground to support the refugees. Yeah. We started the, the award in 2016, and this year will be the, the third edition of the award. Uh, so how do we work? We get applications, and then we go through the applications, we shortlist the nominees, and then the final winner is selected by Her Highness. Mm. In 2016, the winner was from Yemen, in 2000, sorry, in 2017. In 2018, the winner was uh, from Malaysia. And we will announce soon, inshallah, about the winner for the year of 2019. And there will be an awarding ceremony where we will be awarding uh, the winner and hosting him uh, or them here in Sharjah. And that will be on 1st of May 2019, inshallah very exciting it's amazing so um, make sure you're part of it there's so many different ways to be part of it but uh, uh, your excellency Maryam Muhammad Al-Hamadi director of the Big Heart Foundation what an absolute pleasure it is to have you with us here in the studio and to find out more about the amazing work that the foundation does thank you so much and to Her Highness as well for being heading this up in such an amazing way and we're so excited to hear more of what you'll be involved with. And we will we'll absolutely be giving more updates here on Pulse95. Thank you for having me. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank you so much. And that is it for us here 
on Life Beats on Pulse 95. We're going to be back again with you tomorrow from 10 a.m. Have a great day. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.